Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. I think I think they're fake midgets, and they're trying to just get hits. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're real. And the person that is all a real midget is also calling these these fake midget profiles fake. Oh, yeah. so this is they're just going for all the midget glory clicks. They're not yeah. they're regular sized fucking loser people pretending to be little persons. Yeah. Although they look they look like. Uh, um, midget. Uh, no, they 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 look like um, uh, bald uh, va- vampires from like a movie, a Blade. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, Jeremy, I actually do the same thing on dating sites. I pretend to be a woman for clout. God, strong midget woman. I can't wait till Jeremy finally. I'm a, I'm a woman now. Oh yeah, I'm Randy Savage. Uh, I can't. I can't wait till Jeremy finally fulfills his dream of getting his invite to uh, to MidgetCon, and he shows up and he gets to meet all these fake, these fake losers that he invited to MidgetCon, and they're like, "Sorry, your profile picture lied, hoss." <laughs> but I've chopped down my. I chopped down at the femur, so I'd be little with you. <laughs> Eric, hear me out. We need to get Jeremy a TLC show called like midget lover or something and it's just pairing him with five single midget ladies and see if they could put up with (laughs) uh i would like that yeah i I would watch that every every uh episode is to see who i can uh throw them up most yeah, so. no. That's how that's how you get eliminated off the show. Is usually like, sorry, but your time here in Midget House is done, and you fucking swing them by their feet like a fucking <laughs> hammer and throw them into the out of the house. Oh my god, we'll call it short temper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Hey, I'm your giant host, Mickey Coachella, and welcome. <laughs> Well, Eric, that only makes sense if they're midgets and bikinis on Father's Day. Did you see the the um, the uh, the little person that that actually was um, Spewy? Uh, no. no, I've never seen him, but I did get a I, I got a Spewy shirt. We'll get back to that. Can we? Uh, I think we can start conversations with this. We're talking about show stuff. Welcome to Quality Time. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. 
Howdy. I, I used to have, like, impressions. Now I just talk. Now I just... The impression is pretending you don't have brain damage. We're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Ms. Ashley Pawnee. It's Ashley. How are you? I'm good, Daddy. Jeremy, nope, nope, Jeremy you were, we were riffing a little bit about your uh, uh, your show, hosted by Mickey Coachella, uh, about I, midget my house. Whole, my whole... My whole uh, um, when I talk, I I just pretend as if I'm Rob Creamer from now on. So, friend of the show, Rob Creamer, uh, who has a severe head wound and can barely talk. <laughs> uh, but it's good. It's good to be back, ladies and gents. I'm excited. Uh, Jeremy is. Uh, you've been going through. Uh, a hell of a week uh, of recovering from your stroke. Uh, you've been bedridden for most of this week with a, with a back ailment. Yes. Uh, every once in a while, it, it, I scream. So you know, and then my wife's like, "Are you, maybe you can put like a heating pad on instead of screaming?" So that's like, yeah. what happened? How did you how did you hurt yourself, Jeremy? Uh, moving, just moving in general. You just, know, maybe if I stay still, maybe I don't scream as much. <laughs> Screaming. You know, in the rat in the rat den, no one can hear you scream. And I would just lay it there at night. I'm screaming. <laughs> well that's well, I'm I'm glad that uh you're at least you had the wherewithal to, you know, scurry your way into the recording studio within your house so you could join us here today is a wherewithal an actual weird aware with tool is yeah that like a, a tool that it, just make makes makes something yeah with the wonderful wherewithal here you can wear it as a as a kneecap brace or you can hammer a nail with it or you can stab your wife with it it doesn't matter it's a wherewithal Wherewithal. Oh, you can also fight uh, werewolves with it. Wherewithal. Don't try a wear cat though; it'll fuck you up. Well, uh, Ashley, uh, you're off currently uh, uh, dog sitting a pit bull yep. right now. She looks yep. like she's a peach. How's that going? It's good. She's very sweet. She's nice and lazy like me. Um, so that's my preferred method of dog sitting. Um, you know, just ignoring. The day-to-day of being back in the traditional workforce that just makes me want to drink more. In fact, it's caused me to drink a lot. Uh, I had a lot to drink Friday night. Our friends at Warehouse Cinemas invited me down there and Frederick to uh, do a special screening of Skinamarink which is the oh, new yeah. like low-budget indie horror. Um, I'm worried that like I have a poor impact on other people around me. And let me clarify. So before I really watched this movie, I did bootleg it once already. Um, But before I really watched it, I brought it up to Craig Angler, who at the time was the GM of Shudder. And I was like, hey, everyone's talking about this movie. It was only made for $15,000 you should buy the rights to it and put it in theaters. So about a week later, Shudder announces they bought Skinamarink. And then a week after that, Craig Angler left Shudder 
and I watched Skin of a Rank last night, and um, I think that's my bad. Uh, I think I gave someone bad advice <laughs> and ruined their life. So Skin of a Rank is not a strong film, you would say. It is rough, boys. So, like, listeners, I, I don't like shitting on other people's art to some extent. Like, I, ugh, you know, and for $15,000, you made a movie? Like, good for you. Um, it is insanely slow. It's an insanely slow watch. It's super low budget, very art house. If you're not into that, fucking skip it. You're going to hate it. Um, I got really fairly drunk at the premiere and I uh, fell asleep in the theater at one point and I woke up at the end of the movie and because I saw parts of it. And then as soon as I woke up, I heard the couple next to me say, I want my money back. Um, so, <laughs> so then I, I sober up and I, I drive home probably around three in the morning. All that beer cheese and the beer that I was drinking and everything started to concoct together. And I was like, oh, man, this is so fucking gassy. <laughs> Oh no, Ashley! Has the old has the ancient Ash returned from the grave? <laughs> I go, man, I'm so fucking gassy, man. It's so... I just got a fart. This <laughs> <laughs> is the worst. This is the worst part I've ever had in my life. And the minute I do it. It's like a shotgun blast. <laughs> and all of a sudden I go... <laughs> That's not a fart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, vintage oh Ashley. <laughs> my two, two uh, cents to this movie with... Um... Ashley is um yes sphincter marinky dink. I'm gonna marink yes. <laughs> I just like did now during skid marink. Uh, other than you living leaving the skid marks in your pants, uh, <laughs> did Sharon Lois and Bram and the rest of the Elephant Show show up uh, in skid marink? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the concept, okay? I will tell you the essential synopsis. The concept of the film, I'm on board with. I think it has potential. What I think should have happened, and I know this maybe doesn't make sense in the business world, like bad idea, whatever, but I think the concept needed to be redone. You take the storyline, you take the premise, it needed the Hollywood budget treatment. Um, so essentially the, the synopsis is it's these two young children who at one point notice their parents have gone missing and all the doors and windows to the house have disappeared that they're in. That's pretty scary. Well, it, it is like, like it does kind of fuck with you that you're like, Oh, this gets really dark as time goes on. Terrifying to watch these children like unravel. Like it's a great kind of concept, but it dragged on super long um and the shots were all again like done a certain way because low budget um i just don't think 
I don't think it was executed enough for it to deserve the the theater treatment. Okay. More like that. It, it's kind of like if Blair Witch Project had been worse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if it, if it had lacked a lot of what made it special, you'd be like, why the fuck did anybody watch this movie? Yeah, like make the Blair Witch Project, but instead you only have two, basically two actors, uh, the caliber of um, the kid from The Walking Dead. Right. It's just, yes. okay. That's, that's what I need to be clear. And you don't have that Say if we're comparing Blair Witch, you don't have that end scene in the corner. Mm. You don't have, um, the noises. You're just, imagine all you're getting is the female actor just up at the camera like this, the entire movie. Oh, that's, I mean, it sounds uh, pretty bad. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, there, I, I, can I also add a non-recommended movie to our sure. listeners? Sure. Here's another movie that I couldn't recommend you guys avoid at all costs. Um, it's on, I believe it's on Netflix. It may be on HBO. It's on one of the streaming services currently. I want to say it's Netflix. Um, Adam Driver uh, stars in it, and it is a movie called White Noise. And I can tell you emphatically this might be one one of the worst movies i've ever watched from beginning to end and i sat i sat and watched the entire thing because i was like you know what i think i see where they're going with this and then you know hey when you think you understand what the movie is you're like okay i like this it's maybe it's like a ghost movie and you're like oh no 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 wait okay no maybe this is okay it's an allegory for uh, a, a strained relationship nope oh Okay, now it's the end of the world. Nope, just kidding. The end of the world isn't really. Oh, it's about media hype. That's what this movie's about. Oh, nope. It's about how Hitler is maybe a little bit like Elvis Presley. Nope, not that either. Um, I'm not lying to you. This is what happens in the goddamn movie. It makes not a lick of sense, and it's fucking terrible. Oh, God. I mean, it's when I tell you how bad this movie is, I really, I mean it. For, and it was more. Like, there's very few movies where I was just like, I've really, truly, like, when I said it, I wished I had the time back. I wish I had yeah. my time back that I spent watching White Noise. Well, do you boys both agree that I had this discussion with someone the other day due to the nature of my new job that there is not a lot of good stuff out right now? And we had discussed whether it was worth Babylon coming to certain theaters and i said absolutely not it's three hours of just talking about rich people in hollywood that's it it's bombing at the box office no one cares yeah um there's been some other box office bombs but hey at least the new avatar movie is slated to worldwide make enough money to maybe even make a third one Ooh, can't wait although i have heard that visually it's a visually striking movie which it should be it's a james cameron joint he does he's always at the 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 cutting edge of things looking cool but boys am i right like for the same price as a movie ticket I could just do a lot of shrooms and not watch it. Have the same experience. True motherfucking that. Do, do. Um, I do have uh, one. Avatar? Avatar? What about Jeremy? Avatar. Avatar? Yeah. Can I, can I give my, my two cents of the, of the movie? Yeah, absolutely. First five minutes of the movie where they all get killed and then they get eaten. <laughs> Is that, and that's the end? As they get, as they get, get eaten. 
by the blue people. Or <laughs> so are you calling them like cannibal Smurfs? Yeah. Or just we'll just 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 they're 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 huge. They could they could you could eat a, eat a lot of them. So. Okay, you heard it here first. Avatar three, uh, uh, Navi Holocaust. It's going to be uh, a good one. Oh, it's our uh, picnic uh, Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I see where you were going there. Um, I uh, this all by uh, on up to Utanium. So uh, this this week, Jeremy. Uh, I saw our sweet mother. She came over to, to the Woodworth residence for my daughter's um, uh, winter concert. Okay. And uh, it was good to see mom again. We had a lovely little thing. Jean nailed her clarinet. And we're hanging out and we're just hearing stories about how Florida was. And um, mom tells me this story, Jeremy, about how she had to walk her friend Bonnie's dog. Now, in Florida, dog walking is kind of a serious endeavor. You know, you can't take them. If you got a small dog, you can't really walk them near where the gators are. But there was a hazard I'd never heard of. Have you guys ever heard of the cane toad before? So what? Yeah, cane toads. So they have these things called cane toads. They're like a very large toad frog, like about the size of both your hands. You could like a, like a small bunny rabbit almost sized. Eric, are you saying like cane, like C-A-N-E? Uh, yes. Oh. So, Is that the cane from uh, RoboCop 2? Yes. And also the priest from Poltergeist 2. And also the Undertaker's brother who was badly burned, who would later become the Brothers of Destruction and WWE Tag Team Champions. But uh, the cane toad, apparently, my mother is selling me this. And you're like, they are poisonous as hell. If you get near one, you might as well just kiss your ass goodbye. If it looks at you, it could spit poison and you'll be you'll be fucking dead. That's so that's how she sold this to me. Okay. I go, oh wow, that's crazy. She was like, so yeah, I I, I she's like, I walked out one morning and I thought it was a tree stump. Eric, I almost kicked it. I was like, they, you would I would have lost a leg. She's like painting this picture that these cane toads could completely destroy your life. So I was like, I Google the cane toad. And they're they're indeed poisonous, but like if you touch one, you will get like a like a little rash, like poison ivy. If you eat one, definite death. Which is why if it's Fair. a dog, if it like ran up and tried to like bite one, very bad for dogs. But they're not right. that bad. She was I was like, Mom, you could have kicked that toad and then maybe had like to use tough actin to actin an hour later. Well, you know, Eric, um, the other type of animal that will give you a rash uh, is the cane chode, uh, which is why I stay away from both you and Jeremy. Aww. <laughs> uh, but we're fully choded. Um, I was hoping that they, they make, make you high. No, I tried it. Um, so I then get up, and we've had like a nice little lovely evening with grandma, the girls, uh, my sweet wife, uh, I stand up and I'm like, oh, let me take some plates. And uh, I walk into the other room just to let a little, you know, just not to be rude, let a little poot out or whatever. 
Oh, I'm not gonna fair. under. I'm not gonna downplay this right here. I was. It was a pause on purpose. Um, okay. I let out maybe like a 14 second long fart in the other <laughs> that echoed the chambers of the house so much that my daughter who was putting on her pajamas upstairs yelled down there was that a fart <laughs> did you poop too <laughs> no no poop it was just cheeks and clapping clouds uh and then and then my wife who is horrified does not she's not she does not like farts okay she really doesn't she goes she goes air and she's scolding me i was like did, did you hear that <laughs> it was a little it was a little poot i let out so you're a gassy boy i am i was very gassy that that, that evening so um <laughs> So it's the next uh, the next morning. Uh, grandma's here, and Grandma's a talker, and we both have the ability, you know, uh, wifey and I, to work from home occasionally. So I knew Mom was going to be here in the morning um, since she spent the night. We don't like her driving at night; she can barely see as it is. So, uh, you know, uh, I start working really pretty early, like at six thirty. I'm clicking and clacking away, doing things, not sending memes out, and I am. <laughs> I am, uh, uh, I'm getting some work done, but I can hear, I can hear Tracy's being held hostage upstairs, uh, by my mother talking. And I know that she actually needs to work, right? So she, I'm like, I, I get a text message about 15 minutes that says, help. <laughs> so I have to go upstairs and talk to my mom for, uh, a good half hour while answering work emails and go, uh-huh, this is cool. But she has no realization of like, hey, yeah, I'm working. You could say it. She's like, oh, that's great. So anyway, Bonnie, the other, she just, just glasses over that. Like, hey, I'm I'm kind of busy right now. Okay, cool. Well, let me tell you about this though. Um, <laughs> just not but, realizing it but at isn't all. Isn't that like the mom formula? Like moms can't let you leave, right? Like, like that has to be like a universal sort of thing, right? That we all must develop into that. Because I have the same issue with my mom. As soon as I head for the door and I've been visiting, the minute I go to turn, she'll be like, you know what I didn't tell you? And I'm like, I've been here for an hour. You could have told me this whole time. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it is that. Maybe they're just maybe they're there to uh to pester us and get us out. You know what? They just they just want the attention at this point, you know? Which is why uh we've looked at a variety of homes to put her in. I know she only spent the night once here, but uh it's time I think it's time to commit her at this point. Well, She's left a good life. Couldn't that be another reality show? What if Jeremy moves back in with your mom? Ooh, J and M. So that was uh that was my my time with grandma. I was able to eventually I basically gave her the old, hey, do me a favor. I'm gonna go work. I'm going downstairs now. Don't talk to uh, the old lady on the way out. She's actually working, and she will you'll drive her insane. You got it, you fucking bitch. And then um, everything was fine after that. Uh- <laughs> Wait, were, the, were the girls at school? Was that why the girls yeah, weren't yeah. there? Because it was Friday yeah. morning. They had to go right. to school, so they had we had no distraction to run. Oh, we also I, I could I can say this. I get we got because uh, my mom wasn't here for Christmas, which Jeremy is not bitter about at all, and we. Um, we we got her a, a what's called a starlight frame. You guys ever seen a starlight frame before? 
So there are these new they're, uh, digital picture frames that you set up everyone uh, you can set up an email account for and anybody who has that email account you can just email pictures and they show up directly on the starlight frame so awesome. as my mother who thinks you know facebook is ruining the world and anything else that she hears on uh fox news that week that she's gotten rid of all of her social medias so um this is a way that I can still share pictures with her and just send Aww. them rightly, but it also opens it up because I know she won't be able to do anything like take pictures off because she won't learn how to use the app. I could just send her pictures of Goatsy one night and they'll just <laughs> pop up randomly throughout the <laughs> week. So, uh, shout outs. I'll make sure you guys have it. You can send all of your butthole pictures there um, and it'll be a good time. Um, I do actually like this. Can I just send your mom like my memes and dick pics that I get and just have it load up in her house? That's the point. Absolutely. Yes. Sweet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I like it. it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Your mom's never met me, but just been like, I'm a new blessing in your family. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do this whole thing. My my back is really starting starting to spasm okay if you need to go lay down buddy we understand we appreciate which is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with before you go lay down streamed yet so i think i'm 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 i'm, I'm managing okay okay i think i can handle it you think okay. you can just handle let it. us know if you can't and it's no big deal uh, I'm just going to keep screaming during the podcast. So. Oh, okay. So, Jeremy, how about this? Um, every time you feel like you need to scream, just do it into the microphone. We'll call it the wild card of the, t of the episode. Wild card part of the episode. There you go. Yeah, wild card it up. And, uh, wow, it, it really it really starting to spasm. Yeah? Yeah. Are you having a contraction? I think I'm having a baby. I'm, I'm having a baby through my bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, squirt that kid out, brother. Maybe I'm sorry. If I just don't breathe, I should be okay. Okay. All right. Well, hold your breath for the next uh, 34 minutes as we finish off this hour with our movie pick of the week. Oh, boy. It's a big one. And I'm surprised we'd never done it, but... Clive Barker's 1990 move, uh, 1990s Nightbreed, uh, which, gosh, has really had a makeover in the last couple of years, ever since they've redone it into 4K and made a full director's cut of it. It's almost a completely different film at this point. Uh, I... I can tell you, uh, I picked Nightbreed this week because uh, I remember, uh, I, I actually didn't read this book, but I had this on audio cassette tape, and it was one of the first audio books I ever listened to. Uh, wow. It was Cabal's Nightbreed. Um, it's a Clive Barker, well, the Clive Barker book is called Cabal, uh, which... Whoa. Eric, can you explain, even though I'm totally about to leave to go to the bathroom, can you explain why the book is called Cabal, but the movie's called Nightbreed? I literally don't know the answer to that. Oh, okay. Well, that's very interesting. So uh, the uh, movie studio, uh, Morgan Creek, who actually ended up financing this movie, uh, demanded that it be changed to Nightbreed because they didn't understand what Clive Barker was trying to do in this movie. He was, uh, you know, had the idea of setting out to make a three-part uh, fantasy trilogy uh, about 
monsters. He basically wanted to do a horror fantasy trilogy, which, if I'm being honest with you, Nightbreed might be the best X-Men movie I've ever seen, um, which is really what it is. It's a bunch of freaks that live apart from society, and they're scared of the outside world, and they want to destroy them. Jeremy, am I off on any part here so far? Um what are their special powers other than maybe they they might get semi killed oh that's the best part the i like the the so like listen there's some nightbreed people that are uh powerful right there's guys that like ooh, i'm a red guy but also when i get mad i turn into a black red guy and then there's other ones <laughs> that like have the ability to just can't be in sunlight then there's some like uh who were advertising moguls uh for the McDonald's corporation, but now the moon man has to live with everybody else <laughs> under sea. Um, <laughs> another, another thing, uh, one, one of my powers is uh, I'm late night television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I work uh, the, the, the Tonight Show, and I have lots of lots of cars. Yeah, so. hey, I'm the moon man. <laughs> well, I do love that Eric's description of these people, he's like, yeah, they're outcasts that band together. And I'm like, wait, is is he describing Nightbreed or Quality Time podcast? <laughs> so, no, but like, you know, Clyde Barker, he set out uh, so much so that Morgan, uh, the um, Morgan Creek, the uh, financers of this movie said, hey, you know, if you're not careful, people are really going to start liking the monsters of this movie. And he was like, I just knew they didn't get the point at that point. <laughs> So, so yeah, they that's uh if you ever watch the original edit of this movie, it doesn't make a ton of sense and they does try to play as a more scary monster movie even though they cut out some of the gorier parts. But I'd also would like to mention there are some real like just complete shit misfits in here. Like okay, yes. you go through and like there's one scene where the girlfriend of Boone, she's going through the cavernous underbelly of Midian, which is the city where all of these monsters live. And you're like, ooh, I mean that guy looks pretty scary. The guy with the dread scary. Okay, this guy moon face, kind of weird. Don't know what he does. He's just got a moon face. All right. Then there's one guy who just is basically uh a fat guy but his neck droops down to his belly and that's uh, ooh he's scary and then like, the, the funniest one where it's like I don't know what function this thing serves at all she just walks in and it's just this pile of meat that's just like, <laughs> like what, what is this thing what is this thing why are they taking care of this thing right here what does it do how is it helping the rich culture of Midian uh, along here? I just thought the big meat thing was very funny. And then there's like just lazy ones. Like there's one lady who just has a hand for a chin. And I was like, why, <laughs> why are there just fingers on her chin? It makes no sense. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it overall. No, I, I like it because I identify with it. I, too, am someone who doesn't make a lot of sense and serves very little purpose, yet some reason people are terrified of me. <laughs> My uh, favorite uh, Hugh Jackman uh, X-Men character is the guy with giant balls for a chin. So. <laughs> Hey, what do you what do you do here in Midian? He's like, I just got testicles on my face. I couldn't be out with the regular people anymore. 
Every time I got into a fist fight, it just, it's just like getting hit in the ball sack over and over again. I got a weak chin is what the boxing coach said. Um, so the, the movie is pretty ridiculous. I mean, and there are some that seem to have more special powers than others. Like there's one like we can, when we get into it later, she starts explaining. He's like, so what are you going to do? He's like, oh, some of us just die from sunlight. <laughs> There's no power at all. We just can't be out there. Some of us, uh, if you burn us, it's bad. And then there's also, oh, we have berserkers that are giant monsters that are basically mini rawhead rexes that just live in the basement. Those are the real dangerous ones. Don't mess with them. Um, but God, uh, what a fun, I do like it as a just straight up creature feature, uh, more than anything else. And I thought that there's a groundwork laid to be a trilogy. And, uh, supposedly there is a television series coming out about Nightbreed where, uh, the story is perhaps going to be continued, retold and continued. Who knows? But I'm excited, uh, to kick things into high gear. There's also, uh, just a good amount of, um, straight up star power as far as horror is concerned here and one that i didn't even realize was in this movie until i actually looked at the imdb credits and i think it's because the first time i watched it they actually dubbed him over with a different voice it has doug bradley in this movie of course from pinhead fame who has a wonderful voice but in the original cut they just made some german guy speak over top of him instead which i think was uh a, a travesty and a shame more than anything that's um, weird yeah i guess because he's supposed to be german uh they were like ah oh, sorry doug we're gonna take away your best trait which is your buttery pipes <laughs> and just dub you over but the newer one they had doug bradley talk in it uh again it also has uh it lead is uh craig schaefer who jeremy loves to point out is from the movie the river runs through it jeremy your thoughts on the river runs through it uh that's that's a movie with um tom scarrett there you go um you also get uh the the main antagonist played by the none other than uh directing icon david cronenberg who's playing uh uh philip decker uh who would then um you know little thing known about decker is that after this movie they would rewrite his life where he was a whimsical character as the show becker and uh the love interest <laughs> i do love david cronenberg in this movie though because i uh when, yes. I, when i had read uh or i had listened to the audiobook i should say of uh of this like when i saw decker on screen i was just like oh my god that's a hundred percent what i pictured him as as david cronenberg wearing that mask with the fucking buttons looking scary as hell david cronenberg is shockingly kind of sexy in my opinion he's very suave he plays that character super well and he gives off that vibe of like a dude i would hook up with in college that's like a philosophy major that i'm like yeah he makes me feel really deep but then like a year in he makes you feel stupid and mm. then it just ends but i was like i like it though yeah uh it also has uh and we already mentioned doug bradley uh and bobby is playing uh the love interest laurie in this movie uh where uh 
he comes across. And I also like the the spot the the character uh, Narcisse, played by Hugh Ross, who in uh, in the original cut of this movie uh, does not die. Uh, they were like, no, we like him too much. You can't kill him off. But in the director's okay. cut, he uh, meets his timely demise. But we will get there soon enough. Um, well, because that's definitely what I watched. Eric was the director's cut. I did as well. I watched the director's cut, but watching it, I was like, hey, this is definitely different. And I'll get into some of the biggest difference, which the only difference in it that I was sad that doesn't exist still, uh, which is, I think, the ending. You still could have had the same ending in the director's cut, but also added this one extra scene. But we'll get there. Um, but it starts out with a young man named, uh, well, it actually starts off at Midian, where there's like a, a truck that crashes in there, and we get to see our two murderous uh, night breed, one who does definitely doesn't look like a ripoff of Nightcrawler at all, definitely looks like a totally original character character that we've never seen before and then a guy uh named oh what the hell is this? is it pangolin yeah uh peliquin uh who is like a red face character with dreads but is clearly a white man and boy does he love meat and i just wanted to say i don't appreciate him appropriating uh white culture yeah. <laughs> I do like that this guy we'll get to this guy's power in a little bit uh, but they chase something and uh, it ends up getting away uh, I think we also get to see the for like a brief moment we get to see the uh, what's her face the uh, the uh, porcupine lady as well who's kind of running along with them and I was just like I like that Clive Barker sometimes he's like what do you want for this and he's like it's basically a sexy porcupine but with tits and, and spines coming out of the back because that's no. that's what but, people want but that's also something you could use to describe me when I haven't shaved my legs in two months <laughs> 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 Ashley just gives off little fucking spines whenever she's uh feels attacked and threatened. I had an ex-boyfriend that used to call me spider legs a tarantula <laughs> because he could pet it and be like fucking shave, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's uh that character is a Shauna Sassy. Uh uh going to talk about the, the most important part of the Nightbreed? Uh, what's the most important part of the Nightbreed? That's the, the, the gay man with the uh, the Boston Terrier. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. The, 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 small, the small fellow uh, Onaka, uh, who just has a little, whose power is to have a Boston Terrier in this movie. And his, I think his, uh, his actual actor name is uh, Sam... Bamford or something. Simon uh, Bamford, yes, correct. I think he's uh he's uh Butterball, the one of the the original Cenobites. So. Oh, that is, I, I didn't know that. that as well. He's one of the one of the original Cenobites. Cool. So uh Clive Barker reusing a lot of people from the original Hellraiser uh in this movie. Uh another fun thing is that while David Cronenberg was acting in this movie, he was writing the uh screenplay for Naked Lunch. So uh, while well, he was down here, two, two names, two two uh, things that don't make make any. Never mind. I can't. I can't talk anymore. I'm trying. Oh, we got you, buddy. Um, so funny as as much as the as 
when I stammer through everything. <laughs> it's the best, man. We love it. So a young man named uh, Aaron Boot, who's played by Craig Schaefer, uh, is plagued by dreams of a city called Midian, a place where monsters can go to be forgiven and accepted as a means of coping with these recurring nightmares at the request of his girlfriend, Lori. Boone is seeing a psychotherapist named Philip K. Decker, played by David Cronenberg, who convinces Boone that he has uh, committed a series of grotesque murders. But in reality, Decker is the serial killer who dons a grotesque mask uh, and has been murdering several families, all whom he sees as disgusting breeders because he loves the gays. And uh, Decker attempts to pin... (laughs) Decker attempts to pin the blame on the killing spree of Boone. So uh, he gives Boone a bottle of lithium, which is actually not lithium at all. It's a hallucinogenic substance, and for 24 hours, uh, turns himself in. Uh, Boone wanders the streets on this hallucinogenic haze. Uh, He is then hit by a truck and taken to the hospital. Now, uh, all during this, you also get to see Decker in action where he goes and takes out this small family, which is, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. He carries this giant surgery amputating knife. That's like a sword, um, made, uh, yeah, go ahead, Ash. Well, sorry, sorry. So there's a couple of things. So yeah, the family you're talking about, t- let me know if I'm wrong because it is, this is kind of a complicated movie sometimes to keep up with. Is that family our Leeds family? Am I to understand that? Uh, no, I don't believe it's that it's Boone's family. It's just Decker oh. is a serial killer that right. is going out and just murdering families uh, because, you know, he likes to feel what it's like to be God. Who doesn't? But, but it's not a flashback is what you're saying. No, these are active murders that are happening. <laughs> no. that Okay, well, so that kind of changes my thought process on the movie. I legitimately thought that was a flashback scene. So that's what I've always assumed about this movie. So now I'm like wide awake with that. Uh, but hear me out. Uh, Nightbreed 2, if I did it. <laughs> if I did it. Uh, and uh, so, uh, which is really scary. And the Decker out the Decker look is really scary. Now this is before the band Slipknot existed, but he would have fit right in amongst them. Um, Jeremy, I can't tell if Jeremy's frozen or okay. He's just no, his eyes blinked. Okay, good, good. What's up, buddy? Sure that uh, when everybody fi- figures out uh, Decker, Decker as a, as a psychologist that he has his uh, table for all of his uh, his waiting room for all of his patients is just completely full of speculums. Oh, and, and of course everybody has to pr- pr- play as, as if they're like d- duck bills to the other patients. Like, hey, look, like I'm a bird. Beep, beep, beep. So. Wait a minute, Jeremy. Is this Nightbreed meets Dead Ringers? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, shiny, shiny speculums. Ooh. But I, I do love it. He just basically wears this linen mask that has doll button eyes and a, and a big zipper for the mouth that's just like a little bit off center. We're making him look a it's- little asymmetrical. And boy, does he hate those breeders. I can smell their stink. 
it's it's a redneck gimp mask. <laughs> yeah, and I like the level of white trash family he tr- chooses to kill. Like the dad is watching hockey, the mom has a mullet, the son is clearly being neglected upstairs. I mean, it couldn't have. I mean, he honestly is probably not the bad guy here. Well, wait a minute, J- Jeremy, back me up here. Eric's talking shit, but like that scene, that scene is transformative. We got to watch fat people be horny for each other oh yeah those fat people were about to about to fuck real hard he was like i'm gonna throw in these they're so cheap that they're like throwing out their their aldi like boxes into their their, um uh you know if if you if you throw out your aldi boxes that's pretty bad yeah (laughs) what are the rats gonna eat um and so the uh uh decker makes short work of him slicing the husband's throat and slashing up the mom real good i also like that like he violently kills the mom very loudly and the dad's just like game's on not gonna move (laughs) like he's not he doesn't hear the screams of murder from the other room he's just like i'm good oh man the fucking edmonton again am i right um typical man they're like if it doesn't affect me i ain't moving oh god she's screaming because she always forgets to put on oven mitts she just grabs the hot pan what an idiot um so (laughs) who's uh, playing the beavers tonight (laughs) so (laughs) while boone's in the hospital he overhears a drug-addled uh cries of narcisse who's played by hugh ross and clearly the most charismatic character in this movie uh who is uh waiting for the monsters to take him to midian uh narcisse is led to led to believe boone is a messenger from midian sent to test him he tells boone the way before tearing the skin off of his face with a pair of razor thumbs uh which is one of the i remember seeing it the first time i was like oh my god what the fuck is happening right now uh he's like i gotta i gotta show you yeah and he just rips his scalp off and all of the meat around like his face so he just got the from the uh the boardwalk in ocean city so (laughs) he was just like yeah i got these little thumb screws and i also got these devil juggling sticks boy are these fun he just rips his face off and starts playing with them Ooh, would you like a balance bird (laughs) he's most uh primitive um johnson t-shirt that he can find as well yes Ooh, i don't want to miss up my big johnson and mr ducks gear um so boone then uh escapes from the hospital just as decker showing up with the cops and uh he goes to make his way towards Midian. Uh, it's uh, I like how Midian looks and how they basically film it like old 1950s movies, epic movies does, where it's just all backdrop painting. Mm-hmm. Like, because if a crypt like this existed just in a small, like what, what feels like Pennsylvania town, people would go to this. Like people would check this out and, and look at it. Yes? How dare you, Eric? I live in Greencastle and none of you come to visit me. <laughs> Greencastle, the Midian of Waynesboro. Yeah, there's um, a lot of fucking monsters. I live next to 
So he uh, he gets in there where he gets to meet uh, Kinski, who's the Moonface Man, and Peliquin, uh, played by Oliver Parker, who puts on a good role as uh, the monster. Uh, he's a red guy with dreadlocks uh, who uh, keeps referring to him as, he's meat. He's like, no, nope, well, the moon guy's like, you can't, don't kill him, though. It's against our laws. He's like, doesn't matter. He's meat. And I, he also says to him that uh, he lied to you, asshole. And uh, then he shows him what it's like to be a nightbreed, which I find that, I mean, it's a little racist that he turns into a monster by just flattening his nose and looking more black and then growing fangs. Did anybody else uh, notice those? Like, Clive, are we, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's the message we want to send out right now? I don't, I don't want to comment on what's happening in Dundalk. I don't feel like I have a right. <laughs> so, uh, he chases him out, uh, but outside, uh, the monsters stop just as he exits the gate, uh, saying that he smells, he smells, um, naturals out there. And, uh, of course it's the cops waiting with Decker and he goes, please, I know how to talk to him. And he walks up to him. He's like, Boone, I know. I trust you. He's got a gun and just ducks out of the way. And just like good cops do, they don't check and just open fire, uh, slaying Boone to the ground, but not before the penguin, uh, monster did get a chunk out of Boone leaving a bite wound on him which is an important part of the story plot that I almost grazed over yes Man, I, oh sorry go ahead Jeremy most important that that the uh, internet is most important talking about naturals these days <laughs> yes can, can I point out that there was a white guy getting shot by black cops and I like the turn this movie took and how culturally sensitive it was to turn the tables. I was like, yeah, shoot that white guy, even though he's unarmed. Yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta shoot him good. So, uh, after that, um, he's taken back to the morgue and, uh, uh, Boone is, uh, wakes up and escapes the morgue and retreats back to Midian. His girlfriend though, is just like, I gotta see this fucking corpse one last time. God damn it. He was hot. Um, best he could do. We also, we also glanced over the fact that, uh, the main actress in, uh, uh, Ann Bobby who's playing Lori, his girlfriend, uh, sings, is a singer in a rock band where she, uh, actually performs the song and in its entirety in the director's cut i actually wrote down real briefly like my own version i was so inspired because i was like eric get angry jeremy get mad say fucking suck just like your dad (laughs) (laughs) fuck suck (laughs) suck So uh, he is able to uh, get back there where he's uh, he's he learns about the laws of Midian and uh, Boone is schooled uh, uh, by Dirk Liesberg, who's played by Doug Bradley, the leader of the Nightbreed. Uh, Liesberg dips his hand into the blood of Baphomet, the deity god that lives beneath the uh, uh, cemetery there and presses it into Boone's chest completely. Completing the introduction ceremony. Um, I also like that we get to this guy, Lylesberg, who's played by Doug Bradley, is basically like, what's your power? Ooh, I got gills on my face that bleed a little bit. I'm scary. (laughs) I can't be accepted by normal society. Well, now in 2022, I mean, that's just that's like a mid-level body modification. You know what I mean? Well, 
you guys know that that only happens after you get vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. The whole thing, it was just like, this is everybody who did take the vaccine now lives in Midian. Uh, (laughs) You get, you get to, uh, you get snakes that live in your belly, but also outside of your belly. Sometimes it's fun. Um, so, uh, Lori, you, you got the, the the punch with uh, Pfizer. You end up like you know playing the the walls like drums to f- figure out where people are 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 you know living living out on on the top floor. You know, true that, true that. That's how I feel about it. Um, Lori is seeking to understand why Boone left her and uh, resolves to investigate Midian herself. She uh, befriends a woman named Cheryl Ann, who is just, she's just a local older lady who's trying to get dick down at the bar every night. Um, Good friend. Uh, Drives her out to the cemetery. She's just like, it's cool. I'm going to wait out here. My boyfriend's coming up, which we quickly realize is actually Decker himself, uh, who is posing as under a different name. And uh, while she's... Another part about her um, g- coming to the uh, the bar, she she uh, gets into mugwumps. So yes, yes. So as she's investigating Midian herself and looking at the beautiful scenery, she finds um, how to describe it. Basically, uh, one of the creatures it looks like from uh, the graveyard shift, just laying on the ground, like it's like this weird looking rat creature, and uh, this hot lady uh, is over in the corner like please bring me her the sunlight it hurts her and uh at this point in the movie that's where i go get out of here you weird jippo i found this cryptid first and um this <laughs> did you just call her a jippo <laughs> what does that feel like the worst thing ever said on this podcast i mean it's a very <laughs> derogatory term for a gypsy um but <laughs> jesus Christ. <laughs> it almost knocked me off what i wanted to say um <laughs> Now we're going to have a whole bunch of people that are they're protesting with uh, Stevie Nicks. Great. Yeah. I'm, by, by, by the time this airs Tuesday, I'm going to be buying a Periwinkle Blue trailer for somebody uh, to stay out of trouble. Could you imagine that this, after all these years, this is the episode that gets us canceled? They're like, I can't believe he said that. Um, I do want to just share because I'm a little bit mm-hmm. worked up. A little bit sad over Eric talking so much shit about the cat, rat creature. Because when I watched the movie again, I was like, oh, how cute. I identify with that. Oh, well, guess what? You can save 20 or 30 of them if you just go to Jeremy's house. Um, (laughs) So uh, she does... She does scoop this uh, creature up in her arms and bring her into the darkness to her mother, where it quickly transforms back into a regular old uh, uh, human child-looking creature. And uh, she's very happy, but uh, old Peliquin is back to his old tricks. He's like, I want to eat this bitch. Come on! And uh, Boone steps in to to save her um, as she goes down through the crypt um she does go to um escape 
right after that and runs into Decker, who's pinned his new girlfriend to a tree, uh, murdering her real good. So uh, she runs back into the crypt. Boone steps up and saves her from Decker, who stabs him and he goes, knives don't work anymore. <laughs> and uh, Decker is then forced to flee. Um, and he should be able to go track down Decker and kill him, but instead uh, his friend Narcisse basically mounts his girlfriend like he's about to sexually assault her and then she screams and passes out so he's like, oh, I guess I gotta go back to rescue her. It's like, what were you doing? She's like, I was just trying to keep him warm. I'm Mr. Cosby. I got no face. Um, He's just like, and he goes like this, oh Narcisse, you sexual assaulter, you. God. What are we gonna do? Um, um, so Decker's able to get away and uh, he uh, we also get to see the monster form of Boone, who uh, I guess all he does is get SoundCloud rapper tattoos on his face. And uh, that's really he's he basically becomes Post Malone is his final form. And it's very it's very scary. No, I, I agree with you, but I'll take it a little bit differently. It's very tribal tattoo like. I'll give him a gym bro that's always like, hey, guys, have you been doing your protein powder? You're definitely missing out on your gains. I think it's more of more of that guy. Yes. <laughs> more like Ed Gaines. Am I right? OK, um, <laughs> there. <laughs> I do. It is. It really does have like the shittiest face tattoos in the whole world. Like he just, yeah. he is just like, yeah. I want my entire face uh, tattooed like the cover of Crazy Town's album. If you could, please. Um, yeah, he does look like White Tyson. <laughs> White Tyson. <laughs> so uh, she then gets to go um, down into the. Uh, underbelly of Midian and then that's where you get to see every type of weird monster that we kind of talked about before Uh, one that we glanced over was the fat guy though he was like hello (laughs) he has snakes in his belly uh, but he also takes them out and like places them he's basically like a a kangaroo man for snakes uh, I guess Um, but he looks very much similar to uh, the bad guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure with a belly full of snakes Uh, best way to describe it and he goes to reach for it. He goes, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> I paid my two favorite two uh, people from uh, Mid- Midian. Mm-hmm. The two favorite brothers that go. That's the only thing they from from Midian so so uh downstairs though as she's just hanging out uh Boone is going down to go see the uh the guy Baphomet who's uh you know gonna give him the really induction ceremony into the clan or whatever who's really just a he looks like half queen alien half Idris Elba and it's just he's just this massive creature of like both dark and light that just hugs him for a little bit like you're all right now you can be part of the family and uh he he's able to go out but Lori just trying to get to him to go check all this out has to go past the berserkers who uh are basically they're basically rawhead rexes of the place like they're the big monster creatures that they even midian keeps locked up they're totally deadly and will murder the fuck out of anyone um i think it's also here where 
um, you get to hear the lady who uh, whose child got saved. She tells uh, the history of the Nightbreed. Like some of us, we uh, we're deadly light. Some of us have surpassed death. Some of us die by fire. And then they give you a flashback of the Crusades, which is pretty fucking metal. It looks like a, a straight up Dio video of just uh, people getting killed. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, Jeremy. But doesn't it look like a raw head Rex head that just like gets popped on the thing that looks all bloody as hell they were like are you telling me a bunch of wackadoo uh medieval christians just killed rawhead rex back in the day and they're like yeah man fuck this big monster oh they just finished uh, a a concert of guar it was a guar concert yes correct um so uh while all this is happening though uh decker is getting um they want to kick well first they want to kick boone out of the city because they were like you need to fix this he might lead him back to us so boone has to go try to track down decker um and hopefully not lead him back while decker is a hundred percent getting the police to come back out there uh but he does stop at a local little thing because no place is complete without finding the crazy old man that warns you not to go places except he really flips them on him because he ties them up with christmas lights He's like what what did they ever do to you he was like they was nothing but ever nice to me did he kick you out too i wanted to be one of them and then uh ends up uh stabbing him uh in the stomach which wasn't you know what real naughty of him (laughs) Uh, he's the bobby boucher of horror movies yes yes so uh figured out the uh the the, the glasses that figure out uh propaganda uh propagandizing so yes hell yeah so uh boone is able to track down decker to this uh this like apartment building where it's too late is decker's already killed everybody in there but when he sees all the blood he's like oh boy he basically becomes the honeycomb monster when he sees honeycomb he's like i gotta eat some of it and then he's like get out of here and he just starts shoving fingers of blood into his mouth he's like god Damn, that's good. Um, and that a, is a reference I did not expect to come at me. <laughs> honeycomb, honeycomb, me want fresh bloodios. Um, and then, <laughs> the, of course, the cops burst in and arrest uh, um, Boone because you can't just be eating the blood of dead bodies. It looks suspicious. Um, uh, the they then um, he's then locked up, but. Uh, Luckily, uh, Rachel, the the hot lady, and Narcisse decide to spring him from jail. And uh, she actually does have cool powers. She could turn into mist and then get on the other side of the door. And then she's able to be fully nude and just like, ooh, you've got to let him out. And then uh, sucks this guy's face out, um, which was actually a big nod to... Toby Hooper because uh, apparently Clive Barker really liked the movie Life Force so he said he was definitely inspired making this scene from the movie Life Force which is another movie that a studio murdered uh, on uh, another director's behalf so well you know boys with enough practice I might finally be able to move my pussy juice to mist I just haven't gotten there yet it's still a monsoon season but once I can turn it into a mist you're gonna get all day perfume ashes puss hell yeah now jeremy this is one thing um that you didn't know about this but I, at least i think you didn't know um this uh part of it 
is pretty pretty interesting um the you know how in life force um uh how the life force thing is actually jean-luc picard um in this one the lady is actually played by jonathan frakes actually it's all just really high realistic makeup um that makes her look like that yeah uh, so you're saying as a as a nightbreed character, her her uh, her uh, power is nakedness. Yes, her power is nakedness, and she's actually William T. Riker, uh, the second in command of the Enterprise. Oh, oh, that's right. She's also uh, Marina Sirtis as as a, as uh, uh, as a shapeshifter. Where, but where... isn't every woman's power nakedness? <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> so. Uh, they're able to uh, they're able to release Boone uh, shortly after this and get him back to Midian. Uh, but while this is happening, the sheriff is like, "It's time to get a fucking posse together. We're gonna go shoot us up some fucking freaks." And uh, with Decker, the police chief, and for just some reason, a priest who's just locked up, they were like, "We gonna need you, preacher." Uh, whatever these devil hellions are, you're coming with us. You're out of jail. And you don't find out what he's in for jail. You assume drunkenness, but we know it was because he got too handsy. And so now they got a handsy priest coming down to Midian to set things right. So uh, the attack on Midian, shit gets real. Uh, Ashbury is horrified to learn that there are women and children amongst the nightbreed. Ashbury is our priest, um, and he wants to stop the attack, but uh, is roughly is uh really beaten down by the police chief right away ashbury then finds a statue of baphomet and drops his cross and bible and moves forward towards the uh to, towards this uh thing but he he touches the bowl of baphomet juice and splashes it all over his face uh essentially turning him into some weird nightbreed like character um there's lots of fighting that goes back and forth through this uh the main one being between decker and boone sorry (laughs) so uh uh decker and boone are battling it out um he eventually has to uh uh ends up killing decker by uh, after Decker stabs and impales him with the big knife, Boone grabs him and then stabs him into himself uh, with the knife that this already stabbed with and then chucks him off uh, of a bridge, uh, ending the life of sweet Decker. Um, Boone also goes and just says, you know what? We're losing this fight and Midian's going down. Release the berserkers. So uh, fucking lets the berserkers out and they just start ripping people's arms off, going wild. Um, the snake guy, he gets to kill people. Everybody Everybody's having a fun battle, but it's a losing effort. Apparently, bullets are really good at killing monsters. So the uh, he eventually goes down, and they're like, can we move the god thing? Because um, we should leave. And then uh, Baphomet grabs him up and gives, him the na- gives Boone the name Cabal, uh, who will now have to be uh, rebuild Midian elsewhere and find him again as they are going to be scattered from their home. And uh, on the way out, 
They're able to uh, flee. Uh, Lori and Boone speak to each other, and he's like, hey, can you, like, turn me into the one of the monster things? I mean, I literally have gone through hell and back. Uh, I'm kind of in this committed relationship with you now as this weird demonic creature. So, like, if you could just make me one of those, I think that would be pretty cool. And he's like, ah, I, I can't really do that to you. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll see you later. So she then stabs herself, uh, and it's a mortal wound. He gives her a bite, thinks that it's not going to work, but sure enough, she comes back to life just looking exactly the fucking same. Uh, has no idea. We don't know what her powers are, but she's alive forever, much like how Boone is now. Um, all of the night breeders are now stuck in a fucking barn where they're just hanging out and they're like, hmm, seems like a pretty good ending to me. And um, the, we get one last look at the priest who is now basically a Marvel villain. You could see part of his brain showing. He's making a weird little altar. Now, in the director's cut, uh, which is... I think my only kind of sad part about this is the I kind of like the theatrical ending to this. In this one, he basically just kills the preacher, goes ahead and kills the uh, the police chief, throwing him on the altar and be like, fuck, yeah. All right. I'm out here. We got to go find these motherfuckers. And then um, in the original movie, which I think is a cooler one, um, the preacher priest goes and puts Decker up on a giant crucifix and then sticks his hand into him like this and reanimates uh, Decker back to life going oh, ah, like that um, which is also supposed to be a shout out to um, director David Cronenberg uh, from the movie Videodrome because he liked how uh, the hand went into the body and stuff like that he wanted to give him a send up and bring him back hopefully for a sequel in the future because I think Decker's a cool enough character make him a night breed him and the priest are a fucking formidable opponent and uh i think it'd be fun to bring him back so uh we'll see if they do decide to incorporate that whether they don't although this does seem like uh the director's vision of this but i think you know it's not too late to bring back decker bring him back why not um yeah the uh and that basically brings us to an end of 1990s nightbreed uh ashley <laughs> ashley your final thoughts on nightbreed uh it's a great movie i totally understand why eric likes it i'm so glad we finally did it i'm shocked we hadn't done it before uh listeners if you also love the movie i highly recommend uh, the video I made last year called Night Seed, which is just when Eric comes in his sleep. Thank you. Thank you for that. Check it out on YouPorn. Uh, Jeremy, what thoughts do you have on Nightbreed? Um, well, this definitely is my favorite uh, country song of all time called uh, Country Skin. Oh, yeah. Country Skin. Here, look, I got a little Country Skin. This is someone Someone that I never knew This is someone else's body Am I getting through to you? If you peel away the armor Is something underneath If you look below 
I think this is just as good a part of the soundtrack of the movie, The uh, Ruins. So. Very good, very good. Um, but no, I, I love Nightbreed. I believe Jeremy had this on VHS, and I got to watch it a bunch of times uh, at the old house. It's a good, good movie. Uh, if, was it, was it a, a, a different... Uh, was it actually written by uh, Danny Elfman for the country skin, for the country song well country skin uh is a cover is a cover oingo boingo skin from the movie nightbreed so it is a it is a danny elfman so. yeah it's an oingo boingo original baby gotta have more danny elfman There we go. Um, gotta love Danny Elfman, composer extraordinaire. Um, the uh, I, I personally love the movie Nightbreed. I think the the creatures in it are just wonderful, and I'm sad that it never got uh, its full run. Uh, we'll see if in the 2020s they actually will make this a revival series. Uh, but I heard it. I th- heard it was picked up by the Sci Fi Channel. I don't know that I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. Sci Fi. You know, I I can't do basic cable rules. You got to give me streaming rules or better. You know, I gotta have. I, if I can't see fucking porcupine titties i don't want it i don't want it you know what i mean there's For no five dollars a month eric you can see porcupine titties listeners no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh check out pork and smash uh ashley's new thing uh that's where she dresses as sonic the hedgehog and does pornography um this <laughs> This has been a hoot, guys. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? So you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. You can also find my horror page on Instagram, which is Slash and Gash DMV. For shows, you can catch me, uh, let's see, January 20th. I'm headlining uh, Battery Island Brewing Company in Havre de Grace. And then you can catch me the next night, 21st, in Mount Airy doing the Women of Comedy Glow Wrestling Show. Yeah, it's a good week to catch your quality time members on uh, the road. I'll be out at... uh... The Church of Satire on Wednesday, DC Improv on Thursday, and, uh, you know, I'll probably be at Ashley's show as well on Saturday, so get your ass out there and check that out. Both things Eric Comedy, EricComedy.com. Jeremy, take us out of here! Mother, tell your children not to go to Midian. <laughs>